welcome back to the Axiom Youth Podcast. We would like to welcome Brother Cody Stroud to the podcast. He has been a tremendous blessing to our church. He's a part of the youth team here at Cornerstone Apostolic, and we appreciate everything he's done for this youth group and for our entire church. He's teaching a lesson entitled, Why Not?, in which he explains what behaviors should separate us from the secular world. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you can read, my title is Why Not? So let's go to the next slide. All right, we're talking about choices. What choices will you make? So who likes red Kool-Aid over blue? Oh, no. All right, stand up. All right, who likes blue Kool-Aid over red? Like you have to choose one or the other. All right, I want the blue Kool-Aid people over here and the red Kool-Aid people over there if you'll fit. If you don't fit, just sit somewhere. Yeah. You can sit down once you get separated. All right, I can see this is going to get heated. That had nothing to do with this, but it got you all up and got you awake. So anyway, so talking about choices. As a Christian, what are the choices that you're going to make? All right, so you're in school. If you're... Even when you get out of high school, you'll either go to work, you'll go to college, and there's a lot of peer pressure at both places, even more than high school, believe it or not. So what, what kind of stuff are you all going to face? And how are you? Drugs? Okay. Just different stuff like that. You all going to face peer pressure, and you need to know how to answer it, why you don't do things, why you, you know. So, and is holiness and separation even worth defending? Does it matter if you're separate? Yes. All right, so we're going to talk about why don't we curse, because that's something, because that's that's something that people are going to ask you about. That's something you're going to be around the rest of your life. So what is cursing? So when I, I typed it, when I when I Google searched what is cursing in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the first one popped up was curse, utter offensive words in anger or annoyance, and then it typed in a. Uh, synonyms and it says swear so it's like well what is swearing swearing is basically the same thing it's the use of offensive language especially as an expression of anger and then the synonym that was profanity and profanity is just blasphemous or obscene language what is blasphemy (laughs) blasphemy is the act of speaking sacrilegiously about god or sacred things profane talk and that they all tie in together but that's what cursing is and why is it wrong well, Matthew 12, 34 and 30 through 37 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account therefore in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. So what you say now, you're going to answer for when you die. And they matter. So saying curse words, you're going to be judged for it. It matters. So we're going to move to the next topic. <laughs> Why don't we drink? That's more of one of the peer pressure things that you're going to face. Because people that aren't in church, they drink. They 
because you don't drink, they want to make you drink. They want to talk you into it. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And just to bring a verse in with that, Galatians five nineteen through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, I can't pronounce that one. Yes. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I highlighted drunkenness because we're talking about why we don't drink. And if you notice, drunkenness is right next to murders. It's under witchcraft. You know, it's up there with adultery, fornication. God sees it just the same. So we're going to talk about that. And something to think about, because I always hear the argument, drinking's not bad, being drunk is. So you can drink and it's fine. That's what I hear all the time. And what I always tell them is you can't get drunk if you don't drink. I know quite a few alcoholics that started when they got in school last year, or this year, whenever they started school. They never drank before, but they gave in to the peer pressure and started drinking just because it was socially, you know, to be social. And they're alcoholics now. They didn't become alcoholics. They didn't plan on becoming alcoholic when they drank that first drink. And obviously, like I said, you can't get drunk if you don't drink. So it just makes sense to safeguard yourself and not drink at all. And it's a whole lot easier to say no to peer pressure if you're like, no, I'm not going to drink at all, versus, yeah, I'll have this much. Because then you'll push that line just a little further every time. And anyway, so, and also, what good does it do for you, for your soul? Do you gain anything by drinking? No. And just a little, not really scriptural, but real life thing. Um, People start drinking they tend to get violent or they do stupid stuff one or the other or both and alcohol is one of the main reasons for broken homes broken families and destroyed lives uh personally i know about four people that i just go to school with and keep in mind there's like 30 people in the program i'm in i know four people in the past two years that have either got fired for drinking uh too much or about lost their jobs because they lost control, uh, and it they lost their jobs. They got kicked out of the program. You know, they kicked out of college. It just really took a toll on what they had going already, uh, just like that. And so this is where the sword drill comes in, since y'all all warmed up for it Woo! about sober-mindedness. All right, let's go. <laughs> Titus two twelve. All right, Daniel got the first one. If y'all didn't hear him very well, that was for the grace of God that bringeth salvation, which appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I'm talking about sober-mindedness. All right, y'all ready for the next one? All right, we got 2 Corinthians 5, 13 and 14. Because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we are all here. 
All right. And if y'all didn't hear him again, that was for whether that was for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because this we judge that if we died for all, then we are all dead. I'm seeing Bibles going up. Y'all are getting ready. First Peter four seven. But the end of all things is at And again, he said, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch into prayer. Back up. All right, you ready? Three, two, one. First Thessalonians 5 8. And that was, but let us who are out of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. All right, there's one left. Who hasn't got one yet? You ready? First Peter one thirteen. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, so y'all should be good and woke up now. So, we just talked about sober-mindedness, and uh, what else do you think unclean is? I want some like actual answers. Like get an example, like an example. What what what's unclean, Caleb? Murder. Drugs. Anything else? Anything ungodly. Yeah. Carnality. Okay. Envying. Yeah. Drunkenness, murder, theft, lust. Yeah, all that's unclean. Uh, so it's anything that's not pure, right? And First Corinthians six nineteen twenty says, "What know ye not? Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So, talking about keeping your body clean for God, because it's not your body anyway, it's you are God's. So, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. And it's more than rules. It's not just do this and don't do this because we're Christian. You can't do this just because it's too fun. It's nothing like that. God has your interest in mind. I know when I was little... um, so for one thing, we used to when I was little, we used to have goats, three pet goats, and they would jump over the fence. So we had an electric fence, electric wire over the fence, so they wouldn't jump out. And my dad would always tell me, "Don't touch that." So I wanted to touch it because he said not to, and uh, he quit telling me not to touch it. And I was like, "Well, 
I'm not going to touch it directly. I'm going to get a baseball bat and poke it. Yeah, it was a metal baseball bat. So I touched it, and it lit me up, and it scared me to death. And so you can assume it shocked me, so I didn't touch it again. But he knew it was going to shock me, and that's why he told me not to touch it. But so another thing that I remember when I was little is we, my mom used to have birdhouses across the front porch. And I'd always want to look up in there and see if there's any bird eggs. So she told me, she kept telling me, don't look in there. I was like, I want to know if there's birds in there. She's like, don't look in there. A bird's going to come out and pick your eye out. I don't remember how old I was. I want to say I was like five, but in reality, I might have been like 13. Who knows? That traumatized me. I, every time I went outside of the front porch, I wore like safety goggles because I was scared a bird was going to come out and like peck my eye out. But I didn't do that. But I still have my eyes, as y'all can tell. So that actually worked. But she knew if I was to look in there, a bird might actually come out and peck my eye out. So she was trying to warn me, trying to protect me, because I didn't know any better. I was like 5 or 13. <laughs> Somewhere in between. And, you know, that's, what, that's how it is with God. He's telling you, you know, don't, the drunkenness shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't do that. Don't do these things because he knows it's not good for you. He knows what can come above it, or come of it, I, mean, I should say. And, uh, I mean, he bought you with a price. The, we're going to talk about that pretty soon with Easter coming up. You know, he died for us. He paid that price. He didn't do that to watch us throw it down the drain because he doesn't will for us to go to hell. He wants us to be in heaven with him, but he's not going to let anybody in. You know, there's, there's rules for that. And that, that too. And the third point I have up there is you're a witness. Whether you realize it or not, people notice. People don't just notice if you do these things. They notice if you don't do these things. And they notice how consistent you are with it. Uh, personally, I talk a little bit about school and work because I'm there all the time. Uh, at work, of course, I don't drink. I don't curse. Nobody drinks on the job, so that's not something they really notice much. But I don't talk about drinking. Uh, people talk to me about that. But one of the biggest things that people talk to me about, say they notice, is... When somebody new comes, they'll say, that guy over there, I've known him for three years now. I've never heard him say a curse word. He, it doesn't matter how bad he hurts his hand, how, mad, you know, how bad something makes him, he will not curse. And I want to be like that. People want to be like that. Uh, same thing at school. Like I've known that guy for three years. I've never heard him curse. I've never heard him say one bad word. He's always not doing that. Uh, at school, in college, people drink a lot. And they do notice that you don't drink because, like I said earlier, if you don't drink, people want you to drink because, I guess, it, uh, it convicts people to see you living holy and living right when they're not. And so if they can drag you down to that too, it makes them feel better about it. Uh, but I've heard people, people that don't know me come up and like offer me uh, offer me a beer or something like no before they even get to me I heard somebody else walk up to him like no nah, he don't drink might as well beat it uh, he don't curse I've been one time I've, I've talked about this before but one time I was coming home from church on a Wednesday night going up to my dorm and in the lobby 
because I have to pass through, I'm on the second floor, I have to pass through a lobby where everybody hangs out and watches TV and stuff to get to my hallway to go to my room. Uh, I was walking to my room, and as I opened the door to go down my hallway, someone said, hey, Cody, come here. And uh, it was it was somebody I go to school named John, and he was he was drunk at the time. And he got to talking to me about, you know, he, he's like, man, I, I, you're always, you never drink. You're never cursing, man. You're always living right. I want to be like that. He's like, you know, and he, I got to talking to him for a while. We had a Bible study, and he was... He was seeking God for a little while, and he he was telling me how he wants to live right. You know, he he goes home and he just wants to rebel, but if he can tell that I wasn't faking it, that he could talk to me about these things, he could trust me, and that if I can do it, he can do it. And that's what he that's word for word what he said. And he was talking to somebody else about it. The same and somebody else is in the room too. He's like, you know, I see him, and he's younger than I am. If he can do this, then we can do this. We just got to live right. I want to live right. And I just want to bring that up because I never, I didn't come up there and then see him in the lobby drunk and then say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. I was minding my own business. I was going to my room. But the fact that I don't do the things that everyone else does, he noticed. I never told him. I never spoke to him before. and like, hey, you shouldn't do that. I don't do that. We don't do that at my church. He noticed that. I never had to say a word. He noticed. People pay attention. Yeah. And so it matters. It matters. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And that that's a verse that ties along with you know, God has your best interest in mind. He created you. He knows what's good for you. But he knows that He knows what's good for you. And it says right there, it's of peace. And First Peter 2.9 also goes, talks about, uh, For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall shoot forth the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And I highlighted a peculiar people because if you don't do the things this world does, the new normal is to drink, is to smoke, is to curse, is to do all the things that will get you nowhere. But if you don't do that, you're weird nowadays. People see you as weird. Peculiar means weird if you didn't know that. And that, you know, and... uh I was going to tie this in with you need to be ready. You may not have the rest of your life to get it all figured out. Yeah. I hear all the time, well, I'll figure that out when I'm, when I'm 30. I'll figure that out when, I, when I'm older. Uh, I hear a lot of people quote, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Life's too short. Yeah, it's out of date now, but YOLO. Uh, stuff like that, you know. Yeah. People think they got all the time in the world because you're young. And last week, there was a the school I go to, they have a campus in Searcy, about 20 minutes away. I think it was last week, one of the students there had a massive heart attack and died. And he was like 20 years old. He's my age. He had a massive heart attack and was out of the blue. Never had heart problems before that to that I know of. No one expected that. Next slide is about uh, the ten virgins with the lamps. And I'll go ahead and read it. But 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, which took the lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took the oil, no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in the vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, and behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us the oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, let the, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye therefore to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. So the foolish, they took their lamps, but they forgot their oil, or didn't bring their oil with them. But the wise did. And the foolish were like, Hey, let us borrow some oil. And they were like, No. I brought mine, go get yours. And so... They went out to buy, and the bridegroom came, and they were ready with him. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward there also came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore that ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. If they would have known he was coming then, they would have got their oil. They wouldn't have left it at home. Or they would have at least went to the store and bought some more oil in time. But they didn't know, and it caught up on, snuck up on them by surprise. And they went to go got more oil, and then it was too late. If you plan on waiting until when you have more time to get right with God, if you plan on waiting until you get all your, uh, I guess you could say wild days, I don't know how to say it, but if you want to live the way this world says is fun to live and then worry about being right later on in life, you're likely to come like they did and the door's going to be shut and say, Verily, verily, I never knew you. Depart from me. Yeah. You never know when God's coming. You should always be ready. Uh, my friend Matt Ford, used to, I remember he used to always say when somebody was, when he come up with somebody saying a joke they shouldn't be saying, laughing at something they shouldn't be laughing at, just doing something that wasn't right, He'd always look at him and say, is that what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? And he'd always say that. Every day I'd, t I'd hear him say that. Yeah. You want to be doing that when Jesus comes back? Yeah. And it just stuck with me because you just ask yourself that on yeah. the daily. Yeah. Is this what I want to be doing when Jesus comes back? Because he sees you. I think that might have been on my slide. Uh, I guess I talked pretty fast. But, Brother Jared, if you have any kind of that is very true that we need to live in a way that we are ready. And I think, Brother Cody, I thank you for reading that story. That's a very good story, and it, I think it directly applies to the coming of the Lord. But it also teaches a lesson in life is that you never know when life will change and lock you in that circumstance that you're in. There, there are these, all of these deadlines throughout your life, and you think, well, I have all of this time. But you never know when the next decision could land you in trouble that is unreversible. So it's not just when Jesus comes back, although that is the key point of the story. But there could be something, right? It just takes one bad decision and one car wreck until you're paralyzed. Or until you're dead. Or until you're in jail. One decision, one wrong place, wrong time wrong action, right? You see how things can flip so quickly. So Jesus knew that. So it's not just 
this supernatural event of his return, although it could happen at any moment. But it, there's, there's other elements that you don't know when the wrong person will hear you say or laugh or make a comment. You have no idea when that will happen. You have no idea when the wrong thing will be said at the wrong time and the right person will hear it to then shut off your witness or to end an opportunity for you that would have been very, very good. So you just never know. So it's good to live according to the Bible. So I hope you took notes. hope you got those scriptures down. I appreciate Brother Cody teaching that and giving us candy. That was a lot of fun. But I hope you caught the scriptures, right, about living with a sober mind and being prepared to be who God's called us to be. All right, so let's close in prayer today. God, we thank you for this lesson that we heard. We're thankful, God, for your admonition in your word to live soberly, to live correctly so that we can be good witnesses, so that we can be who you've called us to be, so that we can live a life of blessing that you can look down on and that you can bless, and that we, through your blessing, can be blessing to others. That is the desire and the heartbeat of this youth group. God is to see others blessed through the lives that we live. I pray that you would touch these students as they endeavor to live for you. I pray that this word would be sealed in their heart forever until the day of your return. And God, we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.